What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on today's episode of G. Marie Taught Me, the podcast. It's been a while. Um, It's been a long time since I've recorded an episode. Uh, First and foremost, I just want to say thank you all for your patience and uh, for bearing with me. Obviously, a lot has been going on um, in my personal life. And to be honest, it took me a long time to even record a new episode. And I will, I'll tell you why. So as you all know, um, I had a baby um, going on three months now, August 7th, it'd be three months. Uh, since I've had my baby girl Autumn and um, I had a really complicated pregnancy a really complicated pregnancy surprisingly I had a really smooth labor and delivery but um, what they call the fourth trimester aka postpartum is where I am struggling the most and when I say I'm struggling Um, it's, it's been hard. It's been really hard, uh, to gather energy to create, to gather energy to function or just to gather energy to just exist. Uh, so let me start by reintroducing myself. (laughs) Hello everybody, my name is Gabrielle Marie Carruthers and I suffer from postpartum depression and severe panic attacks. When I say severe, I mean severe. So I thought about going into my um, my pregnancy story and I, I'll share a little bit of it because I don't want to spend too much time on my pregnancy story uh, originally I had dedicated an entire episode to my overall experience um, being pregnant but I honestly don't have the energy to explain it um, like as in detail as possible so I will try to make my pregnancy story very short um, so September 23rd, 2020, uh, I came home from doing uh, an assignment and this was after being laid off of my job um, for, well, I think I was laid off July 31st, yeah. And um, I got married (laughs) August 30th, oddly enough. And September 23rd, came home because I was just feeling off that day. Uh, I was in um, Whole Foods and I had like a thin, thin hoodie on and some um, running capris or whatever. And if you all know how cold it is in Whole Foods, uh, for me to be sweating the way that I was sweating was, it was a little off for me. And when I say my hoodie was very thin, like it was very thin. It was um, a dry fit hoodie from Old Navy. So that way, you know, if you were to go jogging on a windy day, 
you're not going to get like super hot and again if you've ever been to whole foods you know how cold it is in whole foods but came home something told me to take a pregnancy test i don't know why i don't know why <laughs> but i decided to take it just to ease my mind like oh it's just in my head you know so came home i had two pregnancy tests and i took one I was like, you know, if it's positive, okay, you know, cool. If it's negative, cool, I'm going to go have me a glass of wine, you know, just all in my head. And normally when you're pregnant, like your pregnancy test, it pops up kind of quick. And for whatever reason, this one, it didn't pop up as quickly, but I saw those two lines and I just put my hand up to my mouth and I just couldn't stop smiling. Because I knew something was off for like the past couple of weeks. I was sleeping a lot. Like I would eat and I would take a three hour nap. And I was like, what in the world is going on? I was sleeping in longer. Um, I was not staying up late like I normally do. And um, I should have known then that, like I said, something was off. But you don't think about it, obviously, because you're too busy moving and, and doing stuff. And mind you, you know, I'm still doing yard work and moving around and organizing stuff. And, you know, like I said, Andre and I, we were newlyweds. So we were trying to get stuff rearranged in the apartment. Um, you know, that way it was, it's our sanctuary versus, you know, when I was living in my apartment as a single woman. So life, you know, it, it, it became different once we found out we were expecting. Um, and then fast forward. October 4th we were at home and uh, I, I went to the restroom and I noticed that I had blood on tissue and mind you the thing is that when you're pregnant you can still bleed but first thing I did was call my sister and I remember my sister telling my husband um, she's having a miscarriage and I need you to breathe and relax. And if you go to the hospital, there might not be much they can do. And, and mind you, I heard the conversation when my husband was on the phone with my sister. So it was like, <laughs> like the volume was being turned down. Like if you ever watched a movie and you get like bad news or whatever and everything kind of just go the whole time. Uh, but the hospital I went to, they did tell me, in fact, that I was having a miscarriage, but they didn't do an ultrasound. They just did blood work and my HCG levels were really low. So I hadn't shared it with too many people that I had lost my, my baby because it was still early in the pregnancy and I felt like I was selfish for grieving, but a loss is a loss. And that was something I had to understand uh, when I started talking to my therapist because my husband and I never really processed the loss of our first child. And when I say our first child, um, <sighs> two weeks later, uh, I went to the doctor to do a follow-up finally because I had canceled my first appointment to do an ultrasound. Because at that point, who wants to go to the doctor to tell them that it was quote unquote a false alarm. So 
I go and they did my blood work and my HCG levels went from really low to really high. So my OB was concerned that I didn't have a full miscarriage. So she told me to go to the ER and get an ultrasound because we they needed to make sure that I did in fact have a full miscarriage. So went to the ER, did an ultrasound and they do two different ultrasounds. They do, uh, they call them pelvic ultrasounds and then a transvaginal ultrasound where they pretty much uh, stick a probe inside of your vagina. Uh, especially if you're early on in your pregnancy because again, you can't really see, you know, the embryo or anything. So when you do a pelvic exam, but when you're mm, maybe 12 weeks in, that's when you can kind of see the baby when you do a pelvic exam so fast forward i go to the uh the er triage ob triage at sinai and the technician is doing my ultrasound now mind you she's technically not supposed to so she turned the screen around and she showed me the um the baby of course you know at that time i had fully prepared my mind so i was at peace but then she showed me the second baby at the bottom. She showed me the second baby at the bottom and it was Autumn. It was Autumn. Apparently I had been pregnant with twins and I didn't know that I was pregnant with twins because the other hospital Providence didn't tell me that I was pregnant with twins. But when I was 20 weeks, 20 weeks into my pregnancy, found out what I was having and I just I knew I was having a boy but <laughs> the technician told me I was having a girl and then um she said oh we have to do a transvaginal you know exam just because you know Dr. Yancey ordered it or whatever and I was like okay cool and I didn't think anything of it so the technician came back and she told me that uh she was a little concerned about my cervix and I said my cervix what do you mean so this is after you know I didn't call my husband and told him oh no he was actually on the phone with me called my husband told him what I was having we hadn't told everybody yet and uh she was like oh uh miss miss Carruthers can I talk to you for a second so hung up the phone for my husband mind you I'm happy because I'm having a girl and even though I thought I wasn't ready for a girl honestly I am so happy that I had a girl but um the technician proceeded to explain to me that she was concerned about my cervix and she sent me to the OB triage at Sinai. So I was very confused because I didn't know what was going on, but that's when they told me that my cervix was short and they were concerned that uh, I would go into early labor and I would lose my baby. So this is not only the first child I've lost, but now you're telling me that I'm gonna lose this baby if I don't do an emergency procedure. And when I say emergency, I mean, you have to go to Hustle Hospital tomorrow and you have to get what is called a cerclage. So a cerclage is when they go inside and they stitch your, um, your cervix up so your cervix doesn't open. So sure enough, I went to Hutzel the next day after getting the call from my doctor. Now, mind you, the nurse that talked to me, she she mentioned it, but she said, but you know, just go home, relax, 
eat your favorite food don't worry about it you know nine times out of ten you might not have to get it uh and then it was another nurse that came in and she wasn't supposed to tell me that i had to get it but she said something and, it, and i got very upset obviously and i mentioned it to my ob but my ob did call me that evening and told me that i was going to have to have an emergency procedure or else i would lose all so I went to Hustle. It was January 13th. And it was supposed to be a same day procedure. And then I was told that I would be admitted um, for a couple of days because they noticed something was off about the amniotic fluid and that there may be an infection. So I wasn't told this. I, I didn't know any of this. So I was admitted. And they had to take me to the ultrasound room to drain amniotic fluid out of my uh, uterus. So they take a long needle. When I say a long needle, I mean the needle is, in fact, a foot long. And they put it inside the uterus and they and they take out the, um, the fluid. So they had about five tubes. And they got, they only did three. But when I tell you, it, it hurts as soon as they tap on your uterus and it feels like, like you've been stabbed. I mean, it's, it's no other way to describe it. So find, come to find out there wasn't an infection, thank God. So I was cleared to get my procedure the next day on the 14th. So what they have to do is instead of giving you regular anesthesia they have to do a spinal tap where they um, numb you from pretty much the waist down and you're you're awake when they do the procedure um definitely a nerve-wracking moment because you're up you hear stuff you see doctors moving around you kind of see what's going on but you don't see what's going on everything is a little blurry and luckily there was a really good team and they were really, really good at just keeping me calm because nobody can be in the room with you, but just you and you're, you're awake and you're having basically a surgery. Um, so that was done and the surclage did its job throughout my entire pregnancy. Uh, it can be removed in the office or in the hospital, but for whatever reason, I was ready to get my shit removed at my OB's um, doctor's office. And she said, I did an amazing job. Some people can't get the removal without some type of like anesthesia to calm them down. Uh, so obviously it was hard to walk around and do, you know, everyday activities and stuff, being pregnant. Uh, I was always tired. You know, I felt out of shape. And then here comes, you know, week 30 or, or whatever. And I'm told, you know, because I am high risk that they would induce me. Uh, so I was induced May 6th and had baby girl May 7th at 4.51 p.m. 19 and a half inches, 5 pounds, 15 ounces. And man... All it took was six pushes and one or two stitches. That was one of my proudest moments. 
because I just I knew I wasn't capable of of doing this I, I couldn't do it I couldn't give birth I couldn't give life I kept telling myself that my body wasn't made to do this but then I had to switch my uh, my way of thinking I had to remind myself that your body is made to do this and that you can't you can't talk yourself out of it and think that you can't do this because one there's no turning back and two women do this shit every day but there's always something you know there's always something especially for black women uh my greatest fear of being pregnant was the postpartum like i thought i was scared to give birth until the time came and mind you uh I got an epidural, but what I didn't know is that when you get an epidural, you still feel the process of pushing out the baby. You just don't feel the contractions. But um, apparently my, my baby girl's heart rate started to drop and they were concerned and they were talking about a C-section. And I was just like, no, 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 no. Like, I, I, can't, I can't do it. I cannot physically do it. But not even like a half an hour later, my OB came in literally and it was like divine timing. She checked my cervix and she was like, it's time to push. And I'm like, what? She's like, it's time to push. And everything started moving. But it was such a calm, serene environment. I didn't have a whole bunch of doctors in there with me. Thank you, Lord, because that was my request. I don't want a whole bunch of people all over my cooch. Um, and since Hustle is a teaching hospital, you know, there are a lot of students that come in, watch stuff like that, you know, for uh, learning purposes or educational purposes. And for me, I'm like, this is my first and, and more likely my last child. And I just I just need a calm environment because I've had such a rough pregnancy. Um, so, yeah, pushed her out after six pushes, got maybe one or two stitches. And I remember those first three days were just so, it was like, wow. I couldn't believe it. You know, my child, she was so calm and just chill. She was tiny too. And just a sight for sore eyes. I couldn't, didn't know what color her eyes were because they looked black, but they were a dark blue, dark blue. And eventually they're starting to lighten up now. and They're like bluish gray. But just remember how I didn't sleep the first couple of nights because it's my baby. You know, I got to make sure my baby is good. Is she eating? Like, is she latching on when I breastfeed her? That's a whole nother story. Um, but it was good for like the first two days. And then I, I came home on Mother's Day, but something was off about my body. I mean, I felt like I was walking down the hallway and like it felt like the hallway was getting long and I was getting dizzy and I'm like what the fuck is going on so I'm freaking out because mind you the whole time my blood pressure was actually good uh up until the time that I left so I go home Mother's Day you know what an amazing Mother's Day gift and then not even like that evening I was I had to go back to the hospital because my blood pressure shot up to like 190 no, it was like 170 something. It was 170 over 90. So, went back to Harper Hustle. They gave me a magnesium drip. 
And then they sent me home. So here I am dealing with postpartum preeclampsia. Something I was already scared that I was going to deal with. But postpartum preeclampsia. And um, if I can't say this enough, ladies, please purchase a blood pressure cup and keep it with you in your house and check your blood pressure especially if you're feeling off because nine times out of ten your blood pressure has risen to a level that it shouldn't be so fast forward mother's day was on a sunday came came back home that monday morning tired i know my husband he was tired too we were all tired and that wednesday something was just off again I just was not feeling well. And I checked my blood pressure. And it was 200 over 100 or something. So I had to make the decision. My, my first week, not even my first full week with my child at home. And I had to go back to the hospital. So I was admitted at Beaumont Royal Oak for about two, two and a half days. No, two and a half days. And I was put on a magnesium drip for 24 hours. On, 24 hours off. And, um... They started playing around with blood pressure medicine. So first it was Procardia, which gave me my first severe panic attack because my blood pressure dropped so fast and my body wasn't ready for that. So we're going from 200 over 100 to like 120 over 72 in a matter of 10 seconds. Your body is not ready for that shit at all. So it took five nurses to calm me down because I'm having a panic attack because it literally felt like my heart dropped out of my body. So eventually they got my blood pressure to a place where it was like around, it was always around like 140 something. Like it was going down and then it just stayed the same for like a day or so when I was at the hospital. Cause they didn't release me until like that uh, evening. And it was like they almost didn't even want to release me. And it was upsetting me because at, at this point, it's Friday. And I was admitted that Wednesday afternoon. And I'm like, I just want to be at home with my child. My child is seven days old. And I haven't even been home with her for more than a day. But um, my mother-in-law, she stayed with us. My mom switched off with my mother-in-law. Andre was amazing and it was just a hard moment as a, a new mom because you know like I say you're already afraid that something worse can happen to you and um somebody once told me they said that the closest thing to death is giving life and I hate that somebody told me that because of course obviously it made my my pregnancy journey way more complicated because I was always on edge. And one thing about a panic attack, uh, I, it literally says you, you're, it's a fear of death or something. Like you think about it all the time. And I did not notice that I literally thought about death as much as I did until I got pregnant. I, I was always scared that somebody was trying to kill me or that I was going to die. Um... So fast forward, I'm out the hospital, mind you, 
that the the week I had to be readmitted because she was born in May. So it was like May 18th. Uh, that those like three weeks, first three weeks, it was hard for me to walk. Like I didn't have any type of elasticity or whatever. That's the right word. I could not walk. I could not walk. Andre had to help me, you know, to the bed a lot of the time. Um, I had to hold on to stuff just to walk. I couldn't, I didn't have any type of strength of any, anything like I, nothing. And I remember I had to return something from Amazon and, um, one of the return centers is at Kohl's. And I remember walking from the car up to the door and I was so winded. Andre had to wheel me inside of Kohl's and I was trying so hard not to cry. I tried so hard not to cry because that is the most depressing feeling when you are first off you're a dancer and you're used to being mobile and moving around and and leaping and, and jumping and spinning and and doing everything to literally going from being mobile to immobile not being able to walk not being able to to lift your leg or needing help to go pee needing help to take a shower just needing help but somehow by the grace of God I was able to gather my strength and here I am today I'm doing two mile walk slash jogs and I tell Andre that every time I was like Andre I remember when end of May I was going to my birthday it was it was hard for me to actually walk and do shit even on my birthday uh when we did a staycation downtown I couldn't or move you know move as fast but I did my best I did my absolute best and um Andre has literally been there every step of the way my my family has been there every step of the way my in-laws have been really supportive but postpartum preeclampsia postpartum depression and and everything in between it's a struggle it's a struggle so now here i am on blood pressure meds because i i now have developed hypertension uh due to you know my complicated pregnancy and especially if you are pregnant with twins you're you're at high risk and more likely to develop hypertension so I had to like switch medicines and stuff because I started having dizzy spells and episodes where I felt like the room was always leaning like I would be cleaning out bottles and I felt like the floor was leaning now mind you okay my apartment might not be as level but it felt like like the room was always leaning. I, I remember being in the middle of the bed and screaming in the middle of the night to Andre, grab me, grab me, I'm falling out of the bed. And I was in the middle of the bed and I was not falling out of the bed. And 
episodes like this, they continue. They continue and they kept going. And it got to a point where my panic attacks were getting so severe and so was my, my dizzy spells that I literally could not, or should I say could not, I cannot function. Like there are days where I'm literally just in my room and I'm scared to get out of the bed and move around and do stuff. I had to make myself start going on walks because I have literally struggled with managing my anxiety and getting a hold of my panic attacks. So I have talked to my therapist, being put on a, um, a antidepressant. And then about that, uh, about a couple of weeks ago, I was rushed back to the hospital because I thought I was having a heart attack, but apparently I was having a severe panic attack. With um, panic attacks is that sometimes nothing triggers it. It just happens. So I'm in a Zoom meeting and I had to turn off my screen because I was having my panic attack in the middle of a meeting. To the point where I literally just, I don't even know if I hung up from my meeting, but I had to run to the bathroom and hop in the shower because the shower is a safe space for me. Uh, water is a safe space for me. So I find myself a lot of times sitting in my tub and just letting the water run on me from the shower because I have literally gotten to a place where managing my anxiety is nearly impossible. So... They told me, well, the nurse suggested that I start going on antidepressants and I was not too fond of that. I am still not a fan of it. Not to say that I'm against it, because if if you need that to regulate your anxiety, by all means, I say go for it. My thing is, I don't want to get on an antidepressant and become dependent of it. So I've been trying to find as many natural ways to manage my anxiety and I know CBD is one of them I haven't ordered any uh, CBD products yet but I am researching a lot of black owned CBD businesses to see what works for me and I know um Narar Bud is a, a black owned CBD tea company uh Brown Jane is a CBD company uh, where they do the CBD drops so I'm going to look into that um Homebody they have the CBD bath soak and they actually sell them at Ulta and they're black owned as well but um my goal especially as a a new mom who is struggling and trying to navigate postpartum depression as well as uh you know anxiety and suffer from severe panic attacks my goal is to at least try to find something that will help me manage my stuff and get my stuff under control so that way I can help other people get their stuff under control because who who really like honestly who wants to be on an antidepressant no matter how low the dosage is you probably never want to be on an antidepressant um now one thing that has helped obviously is weed (laughs) uh now i don't i can't smoke a whole blunt like i used to but and and i can't even drink alcohol like that like i used to because it actually messes with my vision now and that's a whole nother story um, so I will probably take two or three puffs and, and it helped with my anxiety and 
it's it's sad because I literally wake up in the morning and I feel like my body is in fight or flight mode every time I wake up. Like you can feel the blood running through your body. It's like somebody just turned on a faucet. Um, I am clumsier now more than ever. I am. I feel like I'm always on edge. It's a good day when you can get me to come out of my bedroom and open up the blinds and watch TV and and just be, you know, somewhat normal. Now, I'm going to be honest. My entire experience being a new mother is, is there's a new norm. This is definitely a new normal because my body is not the same. I am not the same person. Um, but apparently in the midst of all of this and, you know, thinking that something is really wrong with me or I'm having a heart issue, whatever, mind you, I've gone to a primary care physician a few times and I've gotten blood work done and everything and everything has checked out normal, including my heart. Um, I still think I should go to a cardiologist just to get peace of mind, but I just did a CT scan to make sure I wasn't having, um, issues with my brain. I have to go to an optometrist because my vision has been affected from all of this. I guess when you have hypertension, it messes with your vision. Um, my kidney is fine. Like everything is fine. I even lost 25 pounds in the midst of all of this just because, you know, when you breastfeed and stuff, it kind of jumpstarts your, your weight loss. So I ended up losing 25 pounds and I'm, I'm grateful for that because I feel like I'm in a little bit, you know, better shape now than I was before. Like when I got pregnant, I was on the heavier side. Uh, but I, I can tell now that I've lost weight. At first I couldn't tell, but I'm like, oh, oh yeah, you have lost weight. But um, I was concerned about that for a minute too. Like, oh, maybe I'm losing too much weight too quickly or whatever, because I had dropped 25 pounds in almost like three months. Uh, But... I'm grateful for the jump start because I have been talking about losing weight and, you know, getting back healthy and fit again and just watching what I eat for the longest. So now that, you know, all of this is happening, I kind of feel like I don't have a choice but to be mindful of what I'm putting in my body uh, so it doesn't shut down because I'm trying to be here for my husband and for my child for as long as possible. Uh, so here we are. Uh, I, I couldn't even tell you what day it is as far as managing anxiety and depression, but I keep hearing that it's going to get better. It's going to get better. I just want to know what day it's going to get better. Like, when does it start? And I know sometimes it starts with within yourself. You have to be the one to kind of jumpstart that healing process, but the thing about postpartum is kind of like it changes your body and it changes your mind and it changes your spirit. It really does. And when I was told that I should probably go into antidepressant, I automatically felt like the person was calling me crazy at that point. I, I had reached a level of no return. Um... It hasn't been easy. It hasn't. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to to put it, but 
I, I started taking a multivitamin and I noticed the difference when I started back taking my vitamins. Uh, I know they always suggest to take prenatal vitamins even after you give birth, but because I am on birth control, I kind of felt like it defeated the purpose of trying not to get pregnant. <laughs> so I just started taking a women's multivitamin and I take that with my, uh, my blood pressure med. Thank God I only have to take like one pill a day and not two. Uh, but I, I noticed somewhat of a difference when I do take a, a multivitamin. Um, avoiding certain foods, avoiding sugar also, highly enough, and bread, even though I love me some, some carbs. Uh, but avoiding certain stuff, you notice a difference. And you, especially uh, when you eat bread and sugar, you get like really mucusy and you feel sluggish. So I try to limit as much bread and sugar as possible. Um, even caffeine, like I'm having a cup of coffee, but it's it's a um, half the calf or decaf because I can't drink like full blown strong ass coffee like i probably can't even drink starbucks anymore and i and the funny part is that i could never really drink a cup of starbucks coffee like drip coffee but it's it's for real now like as far as drinking coffee uh even wine i have to be careful with wine like i had a margarita for my birthday and thank god we weren't driving anywhere or i think andre drove that day but I was glad that my, my body was able to tolerate it, but for whatever reason, I feel like the medicine has really affected me physically. Not just emotionally, but physically. Um, to the point where I was told that I developed vertigo. So, here I am thinking, you know, all of this shit is wrong with me, but my doctor's telling me, you may have vertigo. Or better yet, you have vertigo. Now he claims you can't develop vertigo after giving a, I mean, after giving birth to a baby, but for whatever reason, I've talked to a few women and they said that they've had issues with balance and, and being able to do certain activities as well. The same, pretty much the same shit that I'm going through right now. So prime example, swimming. Um, it's not that I can't go swimming is that if, if I stick my head under the water long enough, I get ear i mean a uh, water in my ear and then my ears clogged for like a week uh so when you have issues i think with your ears nose and your throat or your sinuses especially the inside of your eardrum it can affect your balance which can also cause vertigo um uh, so i have to go see a uh, it's an ent specialist an ears nose throat specialist so they can like check for all of that because i do actually have terrible sinuses uh but they're pretty much ruling out everything that is nothing wrong with your brain. Your heart is fine. Your kidneys are fine. Everything is fine. So nine times out of 10, you have vertigo. But none of this started until I started taking my blood pressure medicine. I did not have this problem before I gave birth. I did not have this problem after I gave birth. It did not start until I started taking my blood pressure medicine. And they say one of the side effects of taking blood pressure meds is dizziness um nausea off balance panic attacks so all of this shit is uh a culprit but meanwhile it's just all in my head <laughs> it's, it's all in my head but um i am i'm glad that i have been really proactive when it comes to my health my physical health and i strongly encourage all women especially black women to stay on top of this shit after they give birth 
to their blessing. And not to say that being a mother is not a blessing. Having Autumn when I had Autumn was one of the greatest gifts. Honestly and truly. And I am so grateful for her. I'm so grateful that she is here. I'm so grateful that God was able to give me an opportunity to be a parent. Because I really thought that I was not going to have the opportunity to be a parent. Especially knowing uh, that infertility issues run in my family. On the, the, the ladies. I mean, on my mother's side. So I just, I just knew that I was going to have issues conceiving. The thing is, is that I don't have issues conceiving. I have issues caring to full term. So here we are. I I think it is so important that I go back to my mission for G Marie taught me. Because originally when I started this podcast, I started this podcast, podcast, sorry, to combat depression and anxiety. Um, of course, you all know that I had lost a good friend of mine. He was on his way to my house and he died in a car accident. And I, it took a long time for me to heal from that because I always felt like it was my fault. It was my fault. And I went into a deep depression after that. So now it's a, it's a different form of depression and it's a different subject, but I wanted to start tackling black women that have struggled with anxiety panic attacks and postpartum i want to hear their stories because i although i feel like i'm the only one that's going through it i know that i'm not the only person that's going through it and there are so many things that we don't share with other women and then it's too late even um the percentage of black women that die after giving birth is so alarming to me it's alarming. And that was always my greatest fear about being a parent was the fourth trimester, the afterbirth, the postpartum. And and I must say, honestly, postpartum is probably harder than actually being pregnant. And everybody's labor delivery is always is going to be different. Nobody's labor delivery is the same. And I, I thank God that I was able to have such a smooth labor delivery. But postpartum is definitely a marathon. You don't wake up one day and then shit is just back to normal. No. I still have dizzy spells. I still have moments where I have to go in the shower and just sit there and calm down. I have moments where I have to meditate. I have moments where I have to grab my child and hold her so I can regain composure. I have moments where I am not always happy. I do not want to engage with people. I don't want to talk. I, I don't even want to be on social media majority of the time. Because it seems like almost everything gives me anxiety. So I find peace in getting up and going walking before it gets hot outside. Um, those two miles a day really, really get me together now the middle of the day that that's when you know stuff kind of goes left and then I have to kind of find okay what is going to help me regain my composure and, and and regain um my control because the thing about depression and anxiety is that you you have literally lost control you do not have control 
Um, so the first thing is to get control of your breathing. I, I know that that's like the first step to gaining control of managing anxiety. Panic attacks, again, panic attacks, they come out of nowhere. It, it is obviously stemmed from something. It stemmed from a sort of fear. But I could be sitting here recording and then I literally just have a panic attack. And with panic attacks, they take a long ass time to pass. A long ass time to pass. I've, I've, I've done research and said sometimes it takes five minutes, sometimes it takes 20 minutes. I kid you not, my panic attacks take an hour to pass. They take an hour to pass. So, again, this is not the, the last episode where I'm going to continue to um, share my story and talk about my journey with postpartum and managing um, anxiety and navigating um, anxiety and panic attacks and depression because now is the time to start sharing our stories because I feel like if we don't share them, then we can't help the next person. And obviously, uh, first and foremost, I want to thank you guys for even listening to my um my vent session because again it it took me a long time to be vulnerable and to come on here and to to tell you guys the truth that I've been struggling I have been struggling and I'm still struggling and that I know that it is literally just it's a process and it's a process that's not going to happen overnight so if you aren't following me already <laughs> on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, uh, you can follow me at G Marie taught me that's G M A R I E T A U G H T M E. Uh, you can also email me at hello at G If you want to share your story or you can send me a DM because again, I'm, I'm going to start talking to more black women that are trying to find ways to, to cope and, and navigate you know anxiety and depression because it's not being talked about enough uh, especially postpartum it's not being talked about enough so i thank you all for tuning in to today's episode um i am actually really glad to be back podcasting it took me long enough but just pray for me if anything give me some grace because it's still going to take a while for me to try to podcast every week. But I know that I have to set that time aside so I can get it done. And um, again, thank you all for listening. Uh, I look forward to kicking it with you all soon. Talk to you later.